When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are talking about the movie Out of the Dark, which I've seen listed as both 1988 and 1989. Doesn't really matter. All we know is it's a good fucking time. It was picked by Brian, who I'm going to bring this up again later in the episode. Watch this on an airplane. Yeah, that is (laughs) wild. Dude, I can't avoid boobies on an airplane. (laughs) I try, and I'm like, this seems like a a good enough movie that I can watch without being uncomfortable. And, like, there is, like, and it's not boobies in the sense of, like, a sex scene and, like, a nipple slips. It's like, I'm just going to be topless in a normal conversation for, and there's one scene in it that, not to jump ahead, but there's one scene in it where it's, like, if someone were to look at my screen right now, they would genuinely think I was watching a Cinemax porn. Like yeah. it was like, oh, that long, sex scene is the hotel <laughs> sex scene is insane. And that's where I wrote the note. It's watching the scene that I remember. Brian watched this on an airplane. <laughs> um, so, Brian, let's give you the the spotlight for a quick second to explain how this came to be because we were supposed to watch something else this week, and you were like, I watched this movie. And we need to make it the, the the next movie in my pick and move everything else down in one. So me and Jade watch horror movies together. Um, and we, we had a different pick, which which we won't say because it's going to come up soon. But uh, I found this and I and I saw like the cover with the clown and it looked like a 2018 movie. So when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, this is like the 80s. So I like turned it off. Um, or I just put it in my ad to watch list and then it's like, I never really cared to watch it. So it gets put in my flights thing where I just download it and I'll watch it on a flight when I can't be distracted. 
And the reason I went with it was because I noticed that Divine was in it and I've been on a John Waters kick and I was like, all right, let's watch this garbage. And it is the biggest sleeper slasher like like ever. i think it and is i think too. scott said said that in the group text yeah like it is like it's not the best slasher but it is easily the best unknown slasher i think i've ever seen yeah and the critics hate this movie like i was like trying to find it's information so funny, on it. though it's, it's it, hilarious it's so when it came out critics and this is the thing this is the thing that frustrates me with critics when it comes to horror like they complain that everything about it was too predictable. Like they're like, Oh, the killer, you could tell from a mile away, but then they also bitch if the killer doesn't make any sense. So like, you can't please them mm-hmm. either way, but the, there's like maybe two websites I found where someone reviewed this movie on their website. And both times are like, this movie is a fucking diamond in a rough. Yeah. <laughs> like it is just, no one's heard of it and it's a blast. Yeah. And it, there's like faults to it, which makes it more fun. Like it's there not are painful. Faults. But, like, one of the reviews that I read, and I absolutely agree with this, is they said, like, there's nothing inherently special about this movie. Like, Mm. it is just another slasher from the 80s, but the director clearly cares about it. And there's, like, this visual, like, he just has this visual style that makes it stand out where it's, like, it's not just the, like, bland setup shots. And so, like, he's doing interesting stuff visually. He's doing interesting stuff where you actually know all of these characters and care about them instead of them just being body count numbers like it's very it it definitely shows that everyone involved in it really wanted to make something not just like cash in on the horror trend i don't like cop procedurals and i don't like thrillers and this movie is kind of a thriller cop procedural but i was never bored and i i agree with matt that it's a really visually entertaining film. Yeah. Dude, that was one of the things where I was like shocked. I'm like for a B, this is realistically a B horror movie, right? And like, no, nah, I don't want to say campy, but it's, it's, let's just call it a B slasher. Some of the editing choices, especially for its time, were so phenomenal. Like the amount of effort that it took, like, and I think I brought it up when we were shooting the pilot, like, uh, the the car driving by and as the car passed it's transitioning to a scene like yes i can do that on final cut pro today in 1988 that is a tough fucking transition to do yeah because you're using celluloid (laughs) yeah that is a long daunting transition to do and i think that there's a couple there was a couple really great editing choices like that ones that all drove the story along and like didn't take you out because yeah there are these influxes of flashers that are coming out mid to late eighties. And so many of them are very formulaic and garbage. And it's like, yeah, maybe the narrative wasn't like, uh, or was too on the nose or whatever those critics were saying, but it's also like the craftsmanship of the film is way above any of that other shit that we, (laughs) that we hold. So like up and near and dear and like that we love for the sake of loving, but this is like, a decent movie <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah i had so few notes because i was just sucked in I was, like yeah. i was just like attentive to it yeah <laughs> i was watching it with carly and both of us were like looking at each other like i didn't this is not what i we expected at all right? <laughs> the yeah. cast is fantastic the opening credit song is so good and creepy like it sets the tone yeah. perfectly yeah yeah but if we're talking about the the songs that bookend this movie Oh, dude. <laughs> but, let's, but also stay tuned for next week. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, 
immediately I get a laugh in this movie uh, when Dr. Bozo is calling the first sex worker and it pans to a Bozo, photo it's, it's with Bobo, like, right? Dr. Bobo. Bobo. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Bobo. And it pans over to this picture of the girl, but with these big red lips and fake boobs drawn onto the Oh picture. my God. What's my, is that, did you say that's your first note? That's my, that's, yeah, that's the first real big laugh that came out uh, of me on this movie. I draw boobs on all the pics of women I have, totally normal, is what I wrote down. Oh, um, oh, shit, dude, you're missing the great first line. What's the music you're playing? Ooh, it makes me hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scott, you're doing that seductive voice. And oh, it, yeah. It does things to me. You got to calm down. So, so do you want me to do it up an octave? Like, uh, <laughs> no, the, all the women are so breathy in this movie. I love the fact that I can't place another film i've ever seen about sex workers that is so i mean i know we've discussed some even but this movie just feels so real because they're like talking to these dudes on the phone and then rolling their eyes or like doing their nails or whatever and it's just so fun because it it this movie really knows what it is and that what that's what charms it me about it so much it's so charming because it it's not john waters like camp no, camp it's, but it has such a lighthearted like hair flip kind yeah. of going well, on they, the 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 way that all the girls are on the phone is uh have any of you guys seen cb4 no, no. yes because, i've okay. seen the cover so one of the plot points in CB4 is before they make it as a rap group, the one guy works for a gay sex line and he's about to clock out and all of a sudden he gets another call and he just picks up the phone and goes, yeah, 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 I'm licking your balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically how like every girl is on the phone. Like they're so disconnected from what they're saying. They're looking at a checklist of things to mention. Um, and then you get introduced to the one girl, uh, Camilla, she's the newest hire, and she's from Ghoulies too, and she's gorgeous. Oh, that's yeah. where I I didn't even look her up, um, but yeah, she's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the first point, you know, I'm already like kind of invested in the world because it is a very humanistic look at like girls who work these sex hotlines, and like they say that they're just struggling actresses. It's like it's like a waitressing job for mm-hmm. them. Um, and then you get the first kill, and I was so weirdly invested in this mind baseball bit yeah. like i was just like i knew where it was going here? i knew exactly yeah. where it was going and it was still a great scene it was yeah. just so yeah. fun because it defies logic that you'd see someone in a fucking clown mask in the dark with your dog and your dog's <laughs> just chilling while you're playing mime baseball with a person with a real baseball bat and then she's like ha 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 smack on the fucking head <laughs> so great um and then you know you the just i have one line that i wrote down out of, i'm sure I've, scott you're the king of writing down all these lines but the some of my favorite my favorite line from any of the girls talking on the sex hotline is fire some of that uh, what was it? Oh, I have that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire some of that love in my direction. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, give me a throbbing muscle of love. <laughs> <laughs> but then the Camilla, who... Okay. Oh, auditions uh, her sexy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me let me pause our discussion for one quick second. Listeners, I am 100% sure you haven't seen this movie. <laughs> this is the point where you stop the episode. 
Watch it. It's on YouTube. I will post the link when we. It's drop on it. Prime. You can oh, watch Prime. it pristine yeah. in Prime. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I paid. I paid three dollars twice to watch this because I didn't finish it in the 48 hours because I was going to a wedding in PA and it was like wild. But I got it done. And uh, I. Why didn't had no you problem. ask for my login? I told you I, it was free on my. I ha- well, I fucking have a login and I have Prime. I I don't. It wasn't free for me. us. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a problem spending three dollars twice on this movie. But anyway, stop what you're doing. Stop the episode. Take the hour and thirty minutes to watch this film, yeah. and then come back and watch the rest. Because while it's kind of campy and cheesy, we will spoil it. This is the first spoiler. This is your spoiler alert. Stop listening. <coughs> now we're going to continue. So, um, Camilla, I thought she was a survivor girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. They, they invest so much time into her that her death is one of the most, uh, the, the biggest surprise and dis- sad, saddening deaths yeah. that we've watched on the show in like a year. But the, again, it's because they actually treat all of these characters as real people that you care right. about. Like, right. with the exception of the baseball girl, because you barely got to yeah, know her, yeah. all of the other people who die, you got to know for at least 30 minutes into the movie before anything happened. But, I mean, and she's got – Camilla's got those – so interesting. That baseball scene was so fucking interesting because not, not for anything, the rest of the kills – I mean, yes, like were emotionally memorable, but the kill themselves, not all that memorable. The baseball one is like, yeah, we don't know that character so well, but damn, does that fire things off for Bobo? And you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Camilla's for – she's got those big brown doe eyes Mm -hmm. that she just makes so big and she goes – you mean I tash- tattooed my tushy for nothing? Uh, that's when I wrote, I love this movie already. Uh, yeah. So this is a little frustrating here um, because I'm watching it and I have to like stop watching it because I'm quasi in public for that smoke photo shoot. Oh, that scene is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's great in slow-mo, but then when you see her dancing around and doing kissy faces and, and blowing fucking raspberries with her boobs out um, in regular speed, you're like, this is so weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> On a plane. Yeah, on a plane, because yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was semi in public, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And you're just in—you're on a plane. You're a captive audience. You—you you have a captive audience around you, just watching boobies. So there's there's a ton of Brian already mentioned Divine. There's a ton of I, did, cult I could cinema not people her. in this. I did not. Uh, it's out of drag. She's I the know. big fat detective that talks to the other detective at the hotel uh, with the with the bad mustache at the hotel. And it's also funny like, because it's uh, it, it you're watching a guy playing a woman playing a guy. And I think, it, I think you have to watch like divine to know divine to have that feel. And maybe it's just that, but like it, she's still got like the, the pink flamingos divine sass, but just with like a mustache on. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, the weird thing is, is that this was divine's last film. I know. Yeah. It was this and, and Hairspray came out the same year, I believe. Um, yeah, but this came out after Hairspray. After, yeah, after. And then she died. Uh, but also also in the list of cult cinema people popping up in this movie, the the red herring David is played by Bud Kurt from Harold and Maude. He played Harold in Harold I, and Maude. Thank you. Ah. I didn't look. I didn't have time to look on IMDb who these people were. Yeah. And that, thank you so much. Yeah. And, and then... 
the hotel manager is the dude from Gremlins 2 and Chopping Mall that's in all of those random B movies. Eating he plays Raul and yeah. Yeah, so like he's, With the he's my favorite toupee. character. Yeah. yeah, he's my favorite character in this yeah. movie. And he's the, great. The detective <laughs> is uh is our boy Tracy Walter from Drowning Mona. Which yeah. I love. But more importantly, Bob <laughs> the Goon and Batman. With Michael Keaton, who wasn't Beetlejuice. That was two fucking degrees. Two degrees, right? I was wondering, dude, this movie, so so we have that wacky-ass photo shoot. Then we have the most absurd of all the deaths, which is the shovel in the head. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not. But no, no, that's not so absurd as the, 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 um, I thought I wrote it down, but where the fuck is it? Um, oh, the, 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 the Mexican widow. Oh, oh yeah, when there's mariachi music in the background, and she's like <laughs> with a horrible, offensive accent explaining what happened, and then she's like, "Okay, gotta go." Yeah, are you guys from the TV? No. All right, bye then. <laughs> yeah, so um, so weird. I this movie is very off. Uh, it 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 keeps you um on your toes. I don't know how to put it in a nice way. It's not like gripping. It's entertainment. No, but it's just captivating. Like, yeah, it's captivating. So, Thank you. So I was watching it, and we were supposed to go. My sister um, just got engaged, and we were supposed to go and meet her for dinner to, like, celebrate. So I was watching the movie, and I got the text, like, hey, it's time to go. And I was like, oh, man, I got to stop mid-movie. Oh, shit. Hold on. And that I went hit- down? She got engaged? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I hit guys. stop on the movie thinking that I'm like 40 minutes into the movie. And I was like an hour and 15 in. I was like, man, this movie fucking flies. Yeah. yeah like, I was just so hooked in. Um, now, here's a question, because I was wondering if this was going to come up later on in the movie. Did any of you think that there was two killers? Yes. I did. Yes. Be- because of the camera scene. Yeah. Right. Because he's clearly talking in the phone while he's choking. Yeah. And I know. No, no, no. It no. cuts to it cuts to a what's it called? There's a tape player tape. at the. Yeah. Oh, OK. I missed that recorder. part. Yeah. I missed that part. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? There's two of them. I did. I, did. <laughs> I thought that, that that there were two of them even after the um, Bob the Goon or whatever. Um gets run over and you know who ran him over who because that guy seemed familiar too and i thought that it was beef for a second no tab fucking hunter right (laughs) that is that's uh anthony perkins uh significant other oh Uh, shit yeah he and tab Tab hunter and anthony perkins were basically together tab hunter was a uh, 1950s late 1950s um teen heartthrob and he, but he wasn't allowed to be out of the closet in nineteen in 1956 or whatever. Uh, but yeah, he and Anthony Perkins were like together for most of their adult lives. No shit. So. And that's Tab Hunter. So I have a really random question because I was looking through his IMDb and nothing jumped out at me. But he has this weird line where he goes, look at that watch. How much do you think that watch yeah, costs? Yeah. Is that a reference to something else that he was in? No fucking or anything? clue. It, it seemed like it was put in there as a reference. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. But it, as soon as he said that, I'm like, I know that this movie is also like playing up the comedy a little bit. But that feels like I'm supposed to recognize that guy. And then that line, I'm supposed to be like, oh, yeah, because he was in blank. Yeah. Like, but, so- oh, before that scene, we miss an amazing line, which – Probably wasn't intentionally a reference to Frank Henenlotter, but the one prostitute goes, want a date? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so we have, I feel like the whole hotel scene is definitely the craziest beyond like we have, we talked about that sex scene, which it's, is just it's, uncomfortably long, but it's also a pretty hot sex scene because like you, got the you only get little and like the, the, the role, like not the role reversal, but the power like reversal and you got the text yeah. and you're like, we're really going for it in this one, in this CD ass. Yeah. Cell. And well, you have the hotel the manager I- leading into that scene where the uh, Kevin is checking in by himself and he's like, you know, we have a lot of people that come here sometimes for an hour or sometimes for extended periods of time. But the one night only stay is rare. You don't have to sneak in there alone, sir. You can bring whatever woman or man. you wish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that one on the right. It has a certain ethnic quality. <laughs> <laughs> Shopping but mall yeah, reference, just yeah, so know, you know. I know, I know. No, Gotta not for clarify. you. Just clarify. But, yeah. but yeah, the uh, like it's just, and then the kill in that is like a really interesting POV kill. Mm-hmm. You it's have almost like, like a giallo. Up, yeah, you've got like that chopped up body inside the tub. The hotel manager licks the blood and smells it <laughs> to confirm its blood before going in, and he's still not suspecting something bad happened. There's fucking red water spewing out of and his... And he says, and I quote, these girls are so damned irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> like, so he who's is the, the guy... character. Oh, but that's what he's... That's who he is. I mean, it's what he is, yeah. But <laughs> so who's the guy who um, is the the big red herring, or the other red that's, herring that... That's Harold from Harold and Mark. Not the one who got run over. Oh, okay, sorry. The older the guy one. who Karen Black used to be with... Oh yeah, that oh, right. you're also the missing alcoholic. the fact that Karen Black from Black Christmas is in that Black Black she, yeah. Karen Black was in, yeah. Uh, I love her. Karen yeah. Black's great. Um, you know Jeffrey Lewis, the drunk um mentor, yes. like the photography mentor. Who's what's he from? He's from Salem's Lot. He's from um, yes. Devil's Rejects. He's from uh, he's from uh yeah. Stuff. Like, oh, yeah, he's the in the band of Devil's Rejects. I forgot about that. His whole uh, speech where he's talking about the wedding, he's like. The like overly suspicious. He's like, and then I got fired from that wedding. How'd you pull that off? How'd you get to him? <laughs> <laughs> wedding money is good money. Yeah. But but after that guy gets run over, the drunk photographer goes, Serves you right, you goober. <laughs> <laughs> when when we got the denouement of it being the boyfriend, uh, you know, because they actually go out to the the desert, and he's like, "I could never hurt you like those sluts," or whatever he says. I love that she shoots him, and the the squib work is great. Dude, and he gets like, I wrote the, I said, "Holy shit, these squibs!" And then the shotgun blast is through the window. It looks so good, insane. Oh my god. But I have to mention, I really want my last words to be something as meaningful and deep as who could be calling it this hour? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I posted it on, on our Facebook and I won't spoil it on the actual episode. But The Intruder, which was just a mediocre movie at best, has my favorite final line of a movie in a long time uh and this i watched immediately afterwards and then i was like okay well maybe this is also good (laughs) but uh yeah this movie brian you know i thought that you had really raised the bar when you had done uh night night of the comet but Uh, holy shit like the bar is at its peak right now i don't know how you're this is going to be like every movie that you pick it's gonna be like yeah but is it out of the dark <laughs> like out of the dark but, is the masterpiece you found for us and, and that's and the and thing I'm gonna is tell you guys right now it's not gonna top 
I'm not gonna. No, no. But also, no. Brian feels that way about me picking Black Roses in October. Yeah. He's like, man, I wish that everything could be like Black Roses. Well, and Scott, I feel like you feel that way about Phantom of the Paradise for me. Like, no, 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 no. Ever I mean, mean as much. No, no, I love Phantom this of the Paradise. This is actually like bothering me right. This is bothering me right now. I just need to get it off my chest now that Scott said something. Because I am for real. (laughs) (laughs) Me against the world. It's me against the world. That's on my normal playlist. Like my normal Spotify playlist, that song comes up sometimes. I love Black Roses so much. I wish (laughs) you collected vinyl because I would drop the cash to get you. I would get you and me both a copy of the Black Roses soundtrack. I I had to buy buy it on DVD to watch it for our episode, right? Me too. Yeah, but here's the difference between you and me is I don't collect DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever. And Uh, I... I was going. I I had in the box for pop rock and horror to sell it off at at that next con, and then I was like, "No, this is too special." <laughs> so I'm keeping it. I I have less than twenty DVDs, and one of them is Black Roses. <laughs> anyway, so does anybody else have anything to say about Out of the Dark besides it's amazing? And I hope that the people that listened to this episode have watched it. Um, great, and agree. great, yeah. great clown. Uh, mask that should be included when we talk about any clown masks. I, I wish they would re. You know how Paul Bearer got the rights to redo the the mask from Rocktober Blood and release it um, with the Rocktober Blood soundtrack. You know about that? Mm-mm. Yeah, like last. I, I want to say it was November or maybe February this year. I was talking to them at um, Cinema Wasteland uh, back in April about it, but. Uh, they got the original mold for the mask that's on the cover of Rocktober Blood, which is a sweet mask. And so when you look on the inside of it, it actually has the original artist's stamp. Oh, it's 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 a true replica, which is crazy. But um, I would love it if they did Out of the Dark's mask as like a limited edition run too because yeah. it is it's a really great right. mask it's a it's a this movie is such a forgotten film because it's got so much iconic shit in it it's yeah. great I think it needs to be rediscovered it needs to have like that shutter pick it up and then all of a sudden oh. all the horror podcasts are talking about it and then it like becomes like more well known and then i guarantee you that mask it's listen prep, let's but. let's tag them let's tag shutter on instagram when we drop this episode they'll bring it to, I, we will and, <laughs> it might actually be on shutter let me check no did because i spend six dollars on that because <laughs> I, I didn't have to pay for it the other thing i was in. i got it on i got it on prime for free yeah. brian i don't know what did why did i pay prime. for it yeah include it with your prime <laughs> membership okay what the fuck? so it's on prime i didn't know if it was on shutter um we have Prime. I don't know what happened. I think the other thing that really surprised me, and I don't, I mean, I don't know enough about um, horror movies with clowns, but I, I, this was obviously post Killer Clowns. But as far as like clown yeah. killers in movies, I don't think anybody else has like talked or had lines or had clown puns or like anything of that ilk. Serial insane clown killer right oh, there. Like, yeah. yeah. Boom. <laughs> 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 it didn't like. 2002 that was sick was yeah it was like 2003 i mean it's but and like obviously like drive-through was like 2004 and like oh fucking stop that um (laughs) (laughs) um but like i don't know any other clown killers 
that had that weren't that weren't talk. aliens um that like had all that like those punny lines or whatever so and his he also is like a michael shannon knockoff when he gets real crazy at the end the um the lead like he looks like michael shannon's kid um when he yeah oh when he's switching between kevin bobo? and bobo yeah. it's fantastic yeah, it's wild. <laughs> wild. Well, no no more what what does he say no more calls bobo was just testing yeah. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sounds like Macho Man for a second, and then he goes. Oh, did you? <laughs> we missed a really great line that Bobo has. He goes, "She seemed like such a major leaguer on the phone." <laughs> <laughs> but you, I feel like watching this movie the first time through, I should have known that it was the boyfriend because he's like, "I want to see what the tit weather report is," and he's like, "Thanks for the memories." He's cutting up left and right. Yeah. With his girlfriend, it's, he's basically like giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a pretty competent script when you but think. But then about they it. like yeah, lead, no, it leads you a different way because they make the the lead cop such a dick that you don't even want to believe mm-hmm. that he knows that homeboy is the killer. So it's like you get it twofold. Yeah. You get it like wondering if there's a twist, and then you don't want to be on the side. Like I just don't think there's a movie that you have to take a secondary character and disagree with them in order to be like, oh, that's not the killer. Like, the way that they, like, sort of strewn it about was so smart compared to other slashers where you're just given a character as the red herring. Like, you're not, like, given... I don't know. It was, like, a weird mix of things that really took me by surprise. No, but I I was going to say, what Kyle's saying actually makes a good point because it'd be like, take, for example, like, Scream. You know what I mean? Like, they arrest Billy, and Billy's a suspect in the beginning of Scream. But it'd be like if the second hour of Scream, every single time the De- Dewey's on like on the screen, he's just like, I fucking know you did it, Billy. Just admit it. Like it's like, but it's not. It's like, oh yeah, no, we proved he's innocent and he's free to go. And then there's like a twist. But this is just like, I fucking know you're the killer. And he's like, I swear to God, I'm not the killer. And then you as the audience is like, yeah, he seems to not be the killer. For <laughs> <laughs> sure the killer. Like it's so clear. It it was a really it was a weird sort of twist because it wasn't what you were expecting to be a twist because it's not technically, but all the lead It's so blatant yeah. that you're overthinking Yeah, it. it's wild. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pasta Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. All right, well, let's dive into some double features. Brian, you pick this. You kick us off. So I would pair this with another movie that I feel like is a sleeper slasher, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh, okay. Nice choice. Nice choice. This was really – I had a really hard time. I was racking my fucking brain because this is such an out-of-left-field slasher and kind of – doesn't just doesn't have the love it deserves so i'm gonna go with killer workout nice nice because it feels very similar and i would actually Uh, do killer workout first to kind of prime you because killer workout definitely has a cult following that out of the dark does not mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So Kyle already mentioned my double feature uh, in conversation, but I'm actually going to go with Killer Clowns from Outer Space for two reasons. Um, one, the baseball scene really does feel like it could have been in Killer Clowns from Outer yeah. Space mm-hmm. to a slight way. And unless I'm wrong, I believe they both came out in 1988. So it would have been a 1988 clown double oh, feature. Yeah. I, I, I oh, think nice. I'm almost positive that they're 88. Although I saw Out of the Darkness 1989 on IMDb, I think. But does not matter. Truly does not matter. Yeah. It's close enough for horseshoes. Um, I would end up – I would do I, uh, Eyes of Laura Mars. I think both films had like a really – Eyes of Laura Mars? Eyes of Laura Mars was one from the late 70s. John Carpenter wrote it. He didn't direct it. It's um, – it's honestly, it doesn't have a lot in common, but the tone and the feeling, it's about a, it's about a photographer um, and they are seeing like, uh, they're almost, they're, they're predicting the future with the models that they're shooting. It takes place in New York, glamorous New York in the late seventies. And it's just like, they sort of have a different environment and a different, and, a, and I'm sorry, a, a similar environment, but with like different content. And I just think it'd be a really cool. And also it's just like, that it's a gem that flies under the radar. It's a really interesting movie that doesn't get a lot of love. Um, it's got a great disco soundtrack. I'll give you that. Um, I just read the <laughs> I, I read the synopsis on um, Wikipedia, and this sounds incredible. It's really, it's a really interesting movie that doesn't get a lot of love. And just like Out of the Dark, I mean, I think I mean both of them are flawed. Both of them have things that probably people didn't dig when it came out. But uh, definitely worth revisiting. And I know this one's sort of had a Los Angeles feel. There's two different environments. One's in Los Angeles and one is in New York. Um, but both are photographers. Both are films that are not really talked about but have really interesting premises. Um, probably didn't get a lot of love when they came out. Don't get a lot of love now. They're sort of middle of the road. But um, both really interesting films um, with a lot of like cult and horror uh, connections that people don't remember or know about. So, well, and for the last part of our podcast real quick, what are some of your, uh, like, what is a recommendation from this week for the audience to check out beyond uh, our highly praise of out of the dark mercy black. All right. I loved it. It's on Netflix. Matt did a great interview with Owen Edgerton, the uh, writer director, the girls that play some of the young characters in it are super sweet uh they interact with us on instagram and are just so appreciative of that and that's bloom that's bloomhouse right like that yep. yeah so i mean it, bloomhouse and it's on netflix for free yeah, so I mean, it, really it it, it's a great uh it's really a great modern uh, it's, it's a great modern horror movie i don't, I don't want to give yeah. anything away yeah it's hard to say what genre without spoiling exactly things. Um, I'll say I finally got around to watching House with a Clock in Its Walls, um, which was Eli Roth's attempt at a PG horror That's movie. That's Eli Roth? Yeah, and it is the best Eli Roth movie that he's ever made. It's definitely flawed, um, as are most Eli Roth movies, <laughs> but it's it's all of the fun stuff that you do like when you watch an Eli Roth movie, but with the sleaze part ripped out of it. And it's just like a good fun popcorn movie because of it. <clears throat> um, so really recommend it. I, it came out almost the exact same time as goosebumps Two, and goosebumps Two is really unwatchable compared to how good the first goosebumps movie is. Mm. This feels more like a follow-up to goosebumps to me. Um, is so Jack definitely Black in it too? Rec- yeah. Jack Black's the star oh, of this cool. one. Yeah, I love Jack Black as like a a spooky kids movie star. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. really he really is great in that role, and it's just got you got like creepy ventriloquist dummies running around. You've got living pumpkins like 
vomiting up the innards of their pumpkin on people. Oh, awesome. Like, it's just a good, fun, gooey kids movie. Uh, all right, Brian or Kyle, whoever wants to go first. Uh, I'll throw mine out there real quick. Uh, I watched a movie on a on a whim last night. Never heard of it. I was looking for a movie for me and Jade to watch. And we, we went with uh, this movie called Hot Summer Nights. It's an A24 movie. It's this guy's first attempt at a movie. And I really liked it. Um, not to give anything away, but the best way to describe it would be like uh, The Way Way Back. If instead of linking up with a... Um, Instead of linking up with the water park, he linked up with the drug dealer, <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's 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 really good though. It's definitely more. No, that's it. Just just check it out. I think it's really good. I don't want to give anything away. Uh, I watched Better Off Dead for the first time. Um, yeah. oh, really? I'd never seen it before. <laughs> uh, I bought it because um, Rob, when I was was living in L.A., Rob G loves this movie, and he suggested it to me when we went uh, Blu-ray shopping one time, and he uh, i don't know i like like i've talked about on this podcast before i don't have a lot of nostalgia or like care for a lot of the 80s stuff especially those what i assumed was a teen comedy that um just sort of happened and took place and had some crazy hijinks like i, I pretended to like that stuff in high school because that's what you were supposed to do and it doesn't now, <laughs> you know what i mean like there's still fine, there's still fine mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. I just don't have the love that everybody else has for them. Um, Better Off Dead is fucking cool. I had a great time watching that, and it is one that I will revisit and get to share with people. Um, can I can I make a suggestion to please, you, please? Uh, the director of that Savage Steve yeah, Ho- Holland. Steve Holland yeah. uh, made two other movies that are very much in the exact same vein as Better Off Dead. Yeah, uh, he did One Crazy Summer, which is. In my opinion, I like it a little bit more than Better Off Dead. I just think uh, it's funnier. Yeah. Uh, and then he made a movie called How I Got Into College, which is tonally exactly the same. Yep. Um, but uh, it was after John Cusack had decided he didn't want to do those type of movies anymore. So right. it's a mostly unknown cast this okay. time around. Yeah. Uh, and then he created my favorite show as a child, Eek the Cat, which I fucking adored as a kid. <laughs> I, I had, oh, I, wow. I had a blast watching it. And you like, yeah, you can see Savage Steve Holland's career trajectory afterwards and just see how he got into all the kids stuff and all. You know what I mean? Like, it, it makes a lot of sense, like his directing style. It's uh, just so warped. It lives it in, a, in a false reality. And yeah. that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, and it's uh, but and it doesn't and it doesn't question its own warped reality. It's just like, this is it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to like wink and nod at being batshit like weird and just like to- so off kilter. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm sorry. Your mom blew up. Um, so <laughs> that was out of the dark from 1988 as picked by Brian. Um, so real quick, as always run down the full spiel, hit us up on all of our social media, uh, you know where it is at this point, but it's almost always HMN Podcast. Also, go to HMNPodcast.com. Most people don't know this. We have an online store with shirts, and I'm going to make a special announcement that I made on the Facebook and our social media, but some of you don't follow us on there still because you're fools. Uh, if you purchase any piece <laughs> of sh- like memorabilia off of our store before episode 200 drops, you will get a free DVD from my DVD collection. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> It is extensive as hell, as all three of you on the phone ha- can attest to. Yeah. So I'm going to be pulling all types of stuff. Side note, I am trying to 
get rid of a bunch of these wrestling DVDs I have. So if you're a wrestling fan, try to make a little note in there and I'll make sure it's a wrestling DVD that you get. Um, Go to our Patreon at patreon.com backslash HMN podcast for all types of cool bonus content. Talking about better off dead. We talked about teen wolf, another great eighties weirdo false reality teen flick. And tune in next week because we're going to work a graveyard shift next week. It's going to get crazy. We might even get boned. We'll be back next week. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.